I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 312. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. In Ecclesiastes, the presumed author, King Solomon, writes that all things are full of weariness and there is nothing new under the sun. That nothing new idea leads him to lament for a bit, and he makes it sound as if it's pretty pointless to seek wisdom until in the end he concludes that the fear of God is what is most important. Fear, awe, glory, worship. That's why Casting Crown Song, One More Song for You, is so meaningful. Before we dive into scripture inspired by this song, let's listen. Have all the songs been sung? Is there still room for one? Maybe one more hand in the air saying you are holy. One more shattered heart. Singing you are good Maybe one more voice crying out for mercy One more hungry soul declaring you're enough As long as there's breath in me Lord, there will How appropriate is it to spend some time in a song when being inspired by a song entitled One More Song for You? Now, this song was a request by my listener, Mardell, and the question asked in the lyrics is a little Ecclesiastian to me. Have all the songs been sung? As if because there's nothing new under the sun, perhaps another song is unnecessary. But when I consider the majesty of the Lord as described in Psalm 104, I think we could write a new song every day and never come to the end of the glory and majesty of the Lord. So I agree with Casting Crowns. As long as there's breath in me, Lord, there will always be one more song for you. So let's use some Bible interaction tool exercises to interact with God's Word this week. I call these exercises Bites for short, uh, and we will be staying in just Psalm 104, uh, quite a bit smaller section than last week. Just proof that you can mix it up in your own personal study time. But don't forget that any time in God's Word is time well spent. And if you're struggling to have time and energy, let's say at the end of the day, to interact with God's Word, perhaps you can use the bite of getting up early to read God's Word. 
I had a long chat with a friend who is big into CrossFit. He told me how people will come to work out in a hot box with no air conditioning, which is a big deal in Louisiana, at 5 a.m. in the morning. So if they can get up early to sweat and accomplish the seemingly impossible physical tasks set before them, surely we can take the same approach in carving out time for God's word in our lives. Now, our theme verse for this week is verse 33 out of Psalm 104, and it says, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being pretty appropriate, right? As we consider that every moment of every day could continue to produce one more song for our mighty God. Now, I uh, used the bite of marking up the text this week. You could also use the bite of writing in your Bible. But for those of you who are hesitant to write in your Bible, this uh, is a wonderful practice. If you just copy and paste the text into a Word doc or a Google doc, double space it, um, Print it out or save it as a PDF so that you can mark it up on your tablet or your computer. Again, just whatever works best for you. Um, Now, I went ahead and started marking up Psalm 104 by highlighting characteristics or attributes of God. I did not mark up the verbs yet, his actions. I wanted to highlight descriptions of attributes assigned to him. And so I went ahead and printed this out in the ESV, and in marking up these attributes, I discovered the following list, which is another bite, by the way, making lists. Uh, And so the list came very easily because you could see in the, the different attributes that I marked. So the first one is very great. The next one is splendor and majesty and wisdom and glory. Yes, the, these. this is the amazing God that does some pretty spectacular things noted in this song, be, uh, because that's what the Psalms are, by the way. They are songs, and when I'm talking about this song, I'm talking about Psalm 104. So just listen to the poetry of this Psalm 104. Verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. Notice how the psalm uses imagery. You know, for example, I'm not sure God wears clothes. Uh, And even if he does, can you put on splendor and majesty like a jacket? But the text uses that imagery and we can kind of, um, it just helps us picture it in a new way. And then the text uses the literary device of simile to say that God covers himself with light as with a garment. And elsewhere in scripture, we know that God is defined as light, not covered in it like a garment. So we can deduce here that because we're reading a poem or a song, we need to take the genre of the literature into consideration before we get too far up in the trees about how literal we should take this psalm. So in this psalm, we are praising God as creator. And my goal on today's episode is to allow what the psalmist brings forth in this psalm to lead us to worship in awe 
and wonder. And we can do that by allowing the text to paint this picture of God that is beautiful and majestic and worthy of one more song of praise. So let's go ahead and read that first part again in case you were kind of taken aback by it. Let it really sink in and 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 let yourself understand or see the imagery in your mind's eye. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. Now, let's slow down a little and really meditate on creation. As we continue reading this psalm, you're going to see that that the psalmist is leading us to ponder creation and the flood. So listen to this. He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. All right. So that is that is the Lord, you know, setting in creation. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. All right. So that's talking about the flood. And then it says at your rebuke, they fled. Who fled? The waters. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. The mountains rose. The valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they may not they might not again cover the earth. Now I love this so much. I'm in a Bible study right now uh, with my husband and three other couples. We're all studying Genesis together. We just spent the last couple of weeks discuss, discussing and meditating on God as creator. And of course, we know it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's Genesis 1.1. And so when the psalmist says you set a boundary, um, so we already talked about it. he set the earth on its foundations that it should never be moved. That's in the beginning. That's when God created. But when the psalmist says you set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth earth, it reminds us of the covenant that God made in the days of Noah. And it says in uh, Genesis, it says, I establish my covenant with you. And he's speaking to Noah that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So again, the psalmist is saying you set a boundary that they may not pass. Those waters may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. And that is a reflection of the Noahic covenant that we read about in Genesis. So the rest of the psalm, of course, gives poetic examples of all of God's attributes by the acts of the Lord that are seen. And I could actually call this psalm, I I was just thinking of the mutual, mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom of psalms. (laughs) And um, I used to watch mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom on television as a child. And it was there that I could experience the wonders of creator God from the comfort of my living room. And I mean, Wonders. I mean, listen to how the psalmist puts it. But we saw these things on the on our television. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them, the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. 
I um, had the tremendous opportunity to take a helicopter ride in Hawaii during an anniversary trip a few years ago. And the springs that gush forth in the valleys and flow between the hills were some of the most amazing waterfalls, these seemingly small trickles that were not small at all, but we were really high up in the sky and we were kind of far away. And But uh, the wildlife and the birds and all of that was so amazing uh, in this place. And maybe you can't go to Hawaii, but you could click over to Mutual of Omaha's Instagram page. I'm not kidding. <laughs> they do still exist, which I found interesting when I Googled it real quick. If you have, um, they have a YouTube channel and Instagram feeds with amazing photos of from the most common of creatures to the rarest of creatures. And maybe you're thinking, why would I take time to, um, out of my Bible study, to look at pictures on Instagram? Because it will inspire you to wonder and marvel. And that is just what this psalm is inspiring us to do. Um, The psalmist goes on in verse 14. It says, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. You know, the things in life that can gladden our hearts, like good food and wine and bread and facials, I mean, oil to make his face shine. I just made me think of a facial. I'm not sure that's what that means, but these all come from the glory and the majesty of the Lord. This is an overflow um, out of the, the glory of our God. And I'm not suggesting you change your convictions on alcohol consumption or that a good low-carb diet isn't the way to go. That's Just remember this is art. This is poetry. But don't miss it. The things that gladden our hearts come directly from our Heavenly Father. And we're going to continue in verse 16. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted... In them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. Now we're talking. I mean, seriously, Google cedar and fir trees or exotic birds, storks, wild goats, rock badgers. Watch a video. Look at pictures. Let your mind sit in awe and wonder. And interestingly enough, as I was kind of uh, following some cross-references and doing some of this stuff, there is another place in Scripture that speaks of rock badgers. This is just a side note. But Proverbs 30 indicates that they are to be an example of being small but wise. And it says in Proverbs 30, Four things on earth are small, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they provide their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a people not mighty, yet they make their homes in the cliffs. The locusts have no king, yet all of them march in rank. And the lizard you can take in your hands, yet it is in king's palaces. (laughs) Crazy, right? So... Uh, let's get back on track. That was just a little side note, but uh, we can picture these. We don't even have to picture these in our mind. We have um, such wealth of uh, beauty uh, uh, to us through the technology that's at our fingertips. So let's move on to verse 19. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness and it is night when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to work and to his labor until the evening. You know, back to some creation references and 
remember, I know the sun doesn't set. We know that the earth rotates and that this was never intended to be a scientific explanation. It's a song. It's a poem about God's greatness as seen in his creation. In fact, the psalmist gets us back to the main thing here, beginning in verse 24, when he says, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, things living both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. Um, Interestingly enough, this psalmist didn't have Discovery Channel and Animal Planet and YouTube channels at their fingertips. We have videos of the sea, great and wide, teeming with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. We, uh, The Lord has revealed all of these things to man and in, in a way that can be recorded for everyone to sit in awe and wonder of uh the amazing beauty, the variety. It, it just blows my mind whenever, you know, you sit and watch some of these things. So again, this is part of interacting with God's word is to, to, to allow what God has revealed to us to um, impact the way that we study his word. And here's a side note. In our Bible study of Genesis, we've had some spirited discussions about the different views on how old the earth is. And let's say you subscribe to the young earth philosophy. As you're watching these videos on YouTube, don't get caught up on how old they say everything is um, or how young, you know, uh, maybe a young earth video might say it is. Just get caught up in the wonder of creation And then let that lead you to the wonder of the creator. And let's finish up in verse 27. These all look to you, all all these creatures, all this creation, to give them their food in due season. And when you give it to them, they gather it up. And when you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. And isn't that just a beautiful picture of God being our provider? Whether we believe in him or not, I'm pretty sure the rest of his creation gives him credit. And then verse 31, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. Here's our verse. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. I love that phrase, may my meditation be pleasing to him. You know, my goal is to help you discover and meditate on God's word. And I believe that meditation will be pleasing to him but only if you let it lead you to him. You know, studying scripture to gain knowledge uh, or simply to gain knowledge is missing it. You need to experience the beauty and loveliness of it all, the beauty and loveliness of who it reveals. 
So what's next? Well, spend some time in Psalm 104 this week. One thing we didn't get to do on this episode is to highlight the verbs or action words that describes how God acts. So if you do that, what aspect of God's actions that you discover can lead you to wonder and praise this week? That might be a question that we didn't answer on this week's podcast. Identify parts of creation that strike you as magnificent. And then review images or videos of those creatures or that aspect of creation and allow um, the, the, the pictures to, re- to lead you to give praise to Creator God. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat. My public page is michelle L. Nizat on Facebook. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I would tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Cooper from North Carolina, Crystal from Georgia, Riley from Georgia, and Annie from California. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website, this is what you get. You'll get a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. This is a really great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Well, this not only encourages me, of course, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using I'm Listening by Chris McClarney and Holland to lead us to scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 312. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.